ओम ज्ञान Especially, I can think of Nepal and Thailand, and to a lesser respect, Malaysia. Everyone will have a picture of the king in their house, and especially in Thailand, they give a lot of respect because the king is considered a representative of the supreme personality of Godhead. As Prabhupada notes in his Bhagavad Gita purport, that superiors are not to be even offered even a verbal fight. That if you may not agree with something the superior says, but You don't offer him even verbally a fight, what to speak of, a physical fight. Uh, they are not to be criticized or spoken of in a familiar way, even even in the third person. That means, if, so, you, if you're speaking, for instance, about your guru, and he's not there, or someone who's a respectable person, he's, he's not to be criticized or spoken of familiarly, even if he's absent. That means, We should also always refer, uh, if someone is not there, we can speak to him of so-and-so Prabhu, not giving some respect. Now, about making jokes, one should not also make jokes about someone in superior uh, position, as generally. A superior, he can make an affectionate or even a cutting joke about or to a junior but not vice versa. Especially when one speaking to a devotee who's on a lower position than the person you're speaking about, then you should always say, refer to him as Maharaj or Prabhu and speaking in the third person. Uh, superiors are to be worshipped, heard from, take instruction from, learn from, and served. One may also offer gifts to them. Superiors, sometimes they offer gifts also to juniors. So it's a, an affectionate relationship. By humility, by service attitude, by respectful behavior, one endears himself uh, to the superior. And, and then he becomes very pleased to uh, give instruction and mercy. Uh, this is described in Bhagavad Gita 4.34, Purpose, how the attitude of the disciple endears himself to the, to the Guru, and thus he becomes very pleased to reveal all the truths of spiritual knowledge. Without giving gifts, uh, it's generally thought of that one should give a gift to, just like Dakshina, to a Guru or a Brahmin, but they all may also give Just like Balsam uh, Sarsvatakwa, he gave one bundi, one kind of shirt, to Prabhupada's son. Uh, and Prabhupada sometimes used to give his... Uh, he used to give... Uh, people would give him so many clothes and distribute them to his disciples. 
when the first copy of teachings of Lord Chaitanya came off the press, the first copy was brought to Prabhupada. He only had one copy. He gave to one disciple who had run away and come back. He just gave it to him without. He just looked at it and he gave that book to that disciple and that disciple was never seen again. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that uh, there isn't friendliness in the relationship. There may be friendliness, but within certain parameters. The superiors, they not only receive respect, uh, what are you saying? Not that it can't be friendliness. Uh, within, there's within parameters, actually, Vaishnava exchanges, they're exchanges of love. Uh, but there are parameters also. So superior's obligations is not a one-way street that he simply accepts service and respect from others. It's like the guru, he's served by the disciples, but he has to give something back, such as the opportunity to serve, uh, he should speak some valuable knowledge so that they can uh, benefit. Uh, according to the development of relationship and mutual commitment to each other, uh, the, the, if the relationship is close, the superior, he may take charge of that junior, just like the temple president takes charge of the temple devotees, or the guru takes charge of the disciple. Spiritually and materially also. That means he, he, the guru sees the disciple, uh, he sees that he's properly looking after himself, or if he's sick, he's, he, should, he should have some concern who's looking after him. Uh, has he been to see a doctor? All these things. Hmm. Encourages uh, and chastises. Uh, he may he may tolerate tolerate he may oversee some of his faults, not, not knowing that he can't uh, immediately become uh, perfect in everything. Uh, so so by his in this way by his kind behavior uh, he endears himself to the person who is serving him. Uh, now, uh, behavior of people in a respectable position this is important for all of us because we're all sadhus, we're representing Srila Prabhupada, we're representing this society for Krishna consciousness. So, uh, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is said, Dharma stapan hetu sadhu Dharma is established in society by the behavior of devotees. So, uh, one who's in a, a respectable position, by his behavior, he maintains the prestige of uh, the society of his ashram, say he's in Samyas ashram. He maintains the prestige of his uh, position. He's expected to behave in a very proper manner. Uh, one reason is to maintain the faith of juniors. Those who are in a junior position, they're expected to uh, respect seniors so they can learn from them and this will make the Vaishnava society very nice. Uh, so that faith has to be maintained by the proper behavior of those in a senior position. Even, But even if occasionally 
the, someone in the senior position does something which isn't proper or correct, that should be overlooked, according to Lord Krishna and Bhagavad. He says that even if someone who is a sadhu, even if he does something which is very bad, because his, even by mistake or some slip, he may do something even very bad, what do you speak of a minor point? Then, uh, if he's fixed that his life, my commitment, is to Krishna and Krishna consciousness, then even he may have some slip, that is to be overlooked. Apichet sudarachara hatyate maam ananyabhak sadhareva samantarya He should all still be considered a sadhu. And if someone has some minor, minor faults, sadhu has some minor faults, they should be overlooked altogether. Just like the spots on the moon, the moon shines very brightly and is very beautiful. But if so, so the overall effect of the moon is something very pleasing and beneficial. So if someone simply sees the spots, then he is, uh, his attitude is not correct. Of course, in the, in the Vaishnava society, uh, senior always acts, always endeavors to act, as a perfect representative of Sri Lankan. He doesn't take a license for uh, wrong behavior, but he always endeavors to act as a perfect representative of Sri Lankan by his behavior and his activities and by his instructions. And he trains others also to act in a very proper way. Now one thing is uh, that you were saying that in the course of time someone who is a uh, junior to another in the course of time, their relationship, when someone first comes, he learns everything from senior devotees. But after some time, when he also becomes experienced, then his relationship with those senior devotees may not be so much of awe and respect. That the relationship may flatten out, so to speak. But the guru-disciple relationship is never so. Even if the disciple in some ways surpasses the guru, which he may do, in preaching, in, uh, in strict following of sadhana, in spiritual advancement. In some ways, he may be a better cook, he may be a better kirtan leader, so many things. But, uh, the disciple always maintains an attitude of humble service uh, and submission and, uh, and uh, subordination to the guru. As in deity worship, Prabhupada warns in one purport in Chaitanya Charitamrita. One should not become over-familiar. If one, just like in deity worship, one may be serving the deities every day, so he, he becomes over-familiar and he makes offenses by not taking proper care. So in the same way, one should not become over-familiar uh, with one's guru. If one, uh, if one doesn't see his guru very, very often, uh, then he'll, he'll tend always to be very respectful. But if he's, say, a personal servant, he's with him all the time, the tendency may be that uh, after some time you'll start seeing him as an ordinary person. He may start to see faults. The guru may uh, give the kindness of being very uh, familiar with him, maybe joke with him like this. But uh, the disciples should be very careful to remember that they're always subordinate. Now, 
we've spoken a lot about uh, juniors giving respect to superiors, but uh, superiors also give respect to juniors. That is the tendency of a Vaishnava to always give respect to others. Srila uh, Prabhupada, he always used to dress his sannyasis as Maharaj. Uh, just like you would say, Jai Pataka Maharaj. You wouldn't just call him Jai Pataka. You would always refer to him as well. And his disciples, he would often, uh, many times, he would refer to them, or even when he's speaking to them, he would call out, uh, he would say to them, Oh, Jagadish Prabhu. He would also address them as Prabhu. Even though he's their Prabhu, but he would often address his disciples as Prabhu. And Gokishodas Babaji, he always used to speak of Bhaktivinoda my Prabhu, even though he was his guru, and he was so humble like that. Srila Prabhupada often uh, referred to even uh, karmis, gross meat-eaters, uh, as gentlemen, just like Prabhupada, even uh, when he was speaking many years later about his teachers at school, even though he, he knew that they were they were meat eaters, they had their own philosophy of life. But he, he, he obviously had respect and affection for them, and that when he referred to them, that came out. One doctor in London did an operation on Prabhupada in 1977. Prabhupada referred to him as uh, a gentleman. He considered him a gentleman. Maybe because he was, a, he was a doctor and he had a respectable position. His behavior may have been very nice. Although in his general preaching in lectures, he would refer, he would say, no one is a gentleman except he who is Krishna conscious. But in personal dealings, he was always very considerate and kind with people, uh, unless their behavior was so bad that it merited otherwise, in which case he would deal with them appropriately. So superiors give respect to others, they're considerate to others, they don't abuse the respect that is given to them, they don't abuse their position. Uh, abuse their position Maybe what? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Abuse of position may be. This is a letter to Makun Desai. Examples of abuse of position are if someone demands uh, so many facilities, best food, uh, demands so much service without uh, proper Krishna conscious motive in demanding all these things, or a consideration for others, or reciprocation with them. It means someone may demand so much service, but he doesn't see that the person is being given so much service that he doesn't have time to chant his rounds properly, he's becoming exhausted. So, one should be considerate also. And reciprocate, not just demand service and then, okay, go out, finish. But uh, he should also reciprocate, give some mercy to them also. Because consideration for others uh, will be dealt with in a separate section. Now, another misuse of position. I can give an example. that Someone who was initiated by Prabhupada, he had abused his position in misappropriating some funds. And the temple president, who was not a disciple of Prabhupada, was uh, checking him and investigating him. He was asking him about different things. He said, he said, I'm a disciple of Srila Prabhupada. I'm on the same level as your guru. You can't, uh, you can't talk to me like this. So that's double rascal. Already he's rascal, stealing from his 
guru's institution. And then in, he's claiming, uh, what's that word? Immunity. He's uh, claiming. Uh, immunity on the basis of being a Prabhupada disciple and saying that you can't say anything to He's saying to someone, you can't say anything to me because I'm a Prabhupada disciple. So, of course, it may be true that he might, pre- he might prefer to be dealt with on, on such an issue on a, on a on such an issue by another disciple of Prabhupada but uh, he can't he can't claim immunity like that Uh, now a superior is supposed to accept respect from juniors but he generally he shouldn't have to remind juniors that oh like a sannyasi he shouldn't have to say, oh, you should give some respect. And he, he won't like to. He will feel uncomfortable to do so. And generally he won't. Uh, he, he may not. Uh, he doesn't like to demand that respect. But if, if someone sees, for instance, that uh, if someone else sees that someone is not giving proper respect to senior devotees, then... Uh, he may check them. And he may explain to them, actually, you're supposed to offer respect and this and that. So another junior man or senior man may say to that devotee or devotees who are not following the proper etiquette of dealing respectfully with a senior man and just remind them you should do like this. Now, we, we, we've come into the area of discussion Fallen superiors or superiors who are not if not fallen but not acting very properly. The example is there in Shastra of Ashvatthama. He did the most abominable activity of cutting the head off of his uh, of, of his father's disciple's sons. Uh, and he was punishable. But still they didn't like to punish him. So they punished him mildly. Uh, it was a very difficult situation. They were perplexed what to do. Should we punish him or should we not? So eventually they came to a conclusion. Uh, now, if someone, he may be... For instance, he may be in a senior position in as much as he may be uh, disciple of Prabhupada, but if he's if he's blasphemous to the devotees or very critical unnecessarily, then uh, we should we may just hold our hands and go. That's all. We don't want to deal with such people. Uh, if someone now this is a, this is a much more common situation that, for instance, someone may be a Prabhupada disciple, and he's also devotee. But he's not following very strictly. Someone who's in a senior position but he's not following very strictly means he may be living outside, hardly comes to the temple, gets up late every day, uh, maybe he's not following all the regulated principles. Or he may be living in the temple community or just on the edge of the community, but uh, still he's not following very strictly. 
So still one should maintain a respectful attitude towards him. One may not want to associate with him very much. Obviously he'll be less respected than one who's following very strictly. Another point is that if someone who is in a very senior position acts in a very... Sometimes they may act in a very humble manner. But that doesn't mean that one should treat them as if... They may act as if they're just someone who's very ordinary. But that doesn't mean that they should be treated as such. And that you should engage them in, your, in some very menial service, for instance. Now, something which is very horrible is if you find someone who's very junior imitating a superior or acting as if he's on the same level. Just that, just like for instance, someone, he may be not very senior devotee, but he engages other junior devotees in his own personal service. Sometimes I see this. Someone, he's not, not, a, very, not a very senior devotee, but he, he, he calls someone here, wash my cloth, like this. So this is, uh, this is not very good at all. Uh, a God, especially a god-brother, uh, he should never engage another god-brother in his own personal service. There's a, there's a letter from Prabhupada in this respect, which will be, when the book comes, we can quote that letter. Uh, that's not the proper etiquette. If a god-brother offers some service, uh, uh, generally one won't like to accept. But if he does, then in, he'll find some opportunity in future to do some personal service for him. Of course, naturally, sometimes one will serve the other. One, uh, one will do, yeah, do something, he's going to one side of town, he can purchase something there for him. That's natural, mutual kind of demon. But there's one story told uh, at Radha Damodar Temple. One day, uh, one devotee cooked for the for another devotee. So Prabhupada said, and then tomorrow you should cook for that devotee. You should reciprocate that service. Uh, now, something which is almost laughable is if someone uh, he imitates a senior devotee, just like. Prabhupada had a certain way of walking, talking, very regal style. So if someone imitates that, that's ridiculous. Uh, sometimes I've seen devotees, they, they, they chant, they like to imitate the way Prabhupada is chanting Japa. But uh, one should follow in the footsteps of great personalities, not imitate them. There are two different words. One is Anusharan, which means to take shelter of, to follow in the footsteps. The other is Anukaran, which means to imitate. So the two things are quite different. Now another thing, sometimes you find someone, he, uh, he, tells, a, he tells a lie so as to increase his prestige. He may say, oh, I'm a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, even if he's not. Especially we find someone whose guru has fallen down, and many times they say, I'm a disciple of Srila Prabhupada. Or they may not be initiated at all, and they say that. So in one sense, everyone's disciple of Srila Prabhupada, but one shouldn't misrepresent himself as such. That is offensive, uh, both in the matter of telling a lie to someone and uh, putting oneself on the level of others who is not. Uh, or one, one may say, I'm 15 years in this movement, when actually he's only 10 years like that. So that's unnecessary trying to increase one prestige.
Now, general etiquette that a junior, he should not instruct a superior. But, sometimes it becomes necessary. He, he sees the need for it. Just like someone, he, just to give an example, uh, sometimes a Western devotee comes to India. He may be a very senior man, sannyasi, but uh, he's He's acting in a way which might be considered normal in the West, but in India it might seem very strange. Uh, to give an example, if in Bengal you, you go swimming in, in the pond or in, in the Ganga and you only have your coconut or just a very, very short gumcha, then in Bengal this is socially unacceptable, although it's acceptable in other parts of India, just like Vrindavan said. So, if one, if there's, if there's no one, if there's another senior man there, that you could ask him to say, you could ask him to say to that senior man. Or otherwise, very humbly you may say, with folded hands, Maharaj, please, this is the situation. Uh, it's a difficult situation. Now, other situations may be in the temple, uh, Maybe something, some some senior man who's regularly missing Mongolity, something like this. Oh. Uh, so, uh, junior man, he may call that to the attention of another, someone else, maybe temple president. Consult them first and let them do it. Because anyway, it's very unlikely. Say if someone is a sannyasi, Prabhupada disciple, it's very unlikely that someone who's just initiated one or two years even if he gives him good advice and tells him something, it's, unless he's very humble, it's not very likely he's going to, to uh, want to listen to what they have to say. That's just a matter, it's just a practical factor of psychology. Now, often we find in our society, you may find a temple president is there and other devotees are more years in the movement, the Prabhupada's disciples, or their sannyasis. He's not any of these things. So, how to... The Tamil president, he's supposed to organize everything. But he's supposed to give direction and instruction. And how, to, how can he deal? So, anyway, temple president, Prabhupada's disciples, sannyasis, they're all supposed to be advanced devotees. So, they should be able to work things out between them, how to work properly. One devotee told me that once Prabhupada made him the temple president when he was a very new devotee. There are many devotees who are very senior to him, almost all the devotees. So, how was he to engage him in service, which was his responsibility to do? He would simply go to all the devotees and fold his hands and say, Please Prabhu, could you do this service? He didn't try to force, but he took a very humble position. Anyway, the temple president, Prabhupada wrote in one letter, he has to maintain the discipline in the temple. And ultimately, he has to make the decisions about what to do about everything. Yes, he, he accepts the responsibility, so he has to do that. So sometimes he may have to take a strong position, even with senior devotees who are there. You may have to become strong with it, if necessary. 
later on, when the matter is cleared, he may go and apologize and say, I'm sorry I have to act like that. But anyway, he has to maintain the discipline. That is his first responsibility. So, as you were saying, the whole thing is not just based on status, but also on affection. Uh, God-brotherly dealings should always be, as one letter, of our dealings between God-brothers. And we can extend that in the modern context to God-brothers and all the devotees. Should be very natural and pleasing. Otherwise, the future of our institution is not very bright. So we always say that in our Krishna conscious movement, everything is going on on love and trust. With Krishna in the center. In our in Vaishnav society, uh, dealings between devotees, as well as everything else, is based on the principle of samsidhya haritoshana. The goal of life is to please Lord Krishna, to see that Krishna is satisfied. We are all, we come together to live together in the society of devotees, to help each other serve Krishna and advance in Krishna consciousness. We should always remember this. In materialistic society, even though they have also some kind of culture, some kind of ways of dealing with each other, uh, they can never have the love and good feeling that is shared between devotees. Because the, the basic principle of living together is, to, is that everyone is competing with each other for sense gratification. Everyone is envious of each other. So, just because they have to live with each other, uh, they have some kind of culture, they have some kind of social demons. But actually, uh, they're not, they don't achieve actual uh, proper good feelings between each other. Just like Bengal uh, is, throughout this book, I'm going to be quoting examples of how in Bengal the culture is going on because that's a good model for our Vaishnava culture. But actually, even though they have so much culture, practically the, the basic principle of life in Bengal is envy. This is one book was made by some Christian missionaries uh, how to understand Bengali culture. And they said that the basic principle is envy. Everyone is, despite their polite social feelings, actually everyone's envious of everybody else. Also, I know in England, people, if they come from America, they think all oh, English people are so polite because they always, they always say, please, thank you, like this. Uh, but coming from England, I know that, that though they may say it, if, you, if, you're, if you're American, you might not understand. But if you're English, you can understand that actually they may be saying thank you very much, but by the tone of their voice, you can understand they're saying, you, you're, you're a jerk, get out of here. <laughs> you think, someone may, be, they say, may say, uh, uh, for instance, they may say, you may, you may offer them uh, a book on Krishna consciousness, and they will say, oh, no, thank you very much. But by the tone, they're saying it very politely, but by the tone of voice, they're saying that I, I reject you and everything you have to offer. I have no regard to you whatsoever. An American merchandise is being very polite. But by the same voice, it's understood that uh, the idea is not polite at all. So, another example is in Thailand. They have a very developed culture. Uh, 
But there's no scripture from the scripture. So we have the ways and means of expressing the fifth pleasure. Even though another church is saying that our hearts are not allowed to stay in the city, but we don't have to. They have different ways of doing it. Just like, for example, one book is high cut for a worker. For example, that one man is the manager in the office. And that day, he had offended the worker because he wanted some request to give the speaker. So they couldn't tell them directly. So every day he used to, when he was driving home, he used to drop off three of the other cars uh, on, the, on the way home. He used to drop them off in his car. But one by one, on this day, in the evening, he got out of the car early and did an excuse. Oh, I'm feeling a little sick. Oh, uh, I, I forgot something. One by one, they got out. And in this way, it was understood, without the letting say, it said, you don't want to be with you, you're offended. Say so like that. Say 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 that. Even with Buddhist culture, it's like it said, you're all offended. You follow very nicely the Buddhist culture. You've always very respectful to God in it. You're always taking in charge of whatever they want to. And you're the genius. Because you're the genius of Christian. So the point is, and if we do understand Krishna, then it will become something very nice. And if we don't, then we may find this culture in any way, but it won't be very nice to say. Now, Vaishnava culture, as the Vaishnava service is, it is not something very rigorous and strict, but it is it's not static, but it is dynamic. Everyone who rigidly follows so many different principles, therefore, smarter, even if people read so many rules and regulations in the scripting culture, and they are very much attached to the rules and regulations without understanding the point behind them. It is described by Rupert Sonia in his book, Rupert Sonia's book, Real Not Agreda, when he is very eager to accept rules and regulations without understanding the point behind them, which is to love Krishna, to develop our love for Krishna, then uh, he is caught on the top of ruin again. So, of course, there's another point. Ruin, ruin, agraha, which means not to accept the rules and regulations. So one should neither be overly enthusiastic to follow rules and regulations, just for the sake of following them, nor that you not follow the regulations. So, how to get the balance? That is something which is something very liquid. It comes very naturally. We want to get the balance of it. An example of this, of how it's not very liquid and fixed, is the relationship between the rest and that author and one from the Kaliya. They were the closest of friends. They used to live together and practice Krishna practice together as very close friends. But Ryan Sandhikariya was the disciple of the Raisandhati's godbrother. The Raisandhati's Sinivasakariya, they were practically godbrothers, but it's not that they had the same six figures, Jesus Christ. And their deeds 
uh, especially in relationship to the husband, wife of the Brahmin, although uh, they may stand on their own with the advancement also, especially in a society where states advancement is honored. Just a good example, that of a male, Hanayaka Takarani. They were not even standing, they were expected as great national leaders. Uh, a woman is very much respected for her main thing she's respected for. And apart from the quality of social advancement, is chastity. And of course, if she spiritually advanced, automatically she is good. And many stories in the Vedic literature, Patreon is considered the ideal for a woman. As grounds on which to be respected, we can discuss a little bit about the position of the Brahmins in India, modern day India. Position is not very good. Almost all the members of the Brahmin caste are engaged in non rabbinical activities. Very few, in terms of percentage, are engaged actually as temple priests or teachers. Of course, many of them may be teachers or professors of something totally mundane. Again, practically men are independent. There may be some professional videos like that. We conduct the leadership of the business. There are sadhus also. But mostly those families are dependent. That means they may be a today, but they get a, a wage doing it today, but now, of course, that's a lot to do with the whole breakdown of the caste system. There's no kings or landowners, big landowners in modern India, people who used to sponsor the Minerva electricity. Scholarship, that means study of caste, struggling. Previously there were many Catholic scholars, now very few. In Bengal, 99% of the 